We're going to read from uh, Luke's Gospel, Luke chapter 18, commencing at verse 9. And it says, To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everybody else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself. God, I thank you that I am not like the other men, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and do a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. This is the word of the Lord. I would just like to turn for a few moments to our reading tonight and bring out one or two thoughts concerning the Pharisee and the tax collector. And to begin with, how important it is when Jesus stresses very much so the importance of taking the lowest place to receive the highest honour. Why the lowest place? Well, you see, the natural bent and the way that it is with mankind, we always seek that which is the highest honour. It's just the way it works. But in the spiritual terms, it works the opposite way. Because Jesus Christ himself set a marvellous example in that he left heaven. He left all that was his by sovereign right creator of all things to take upon himself the form of a servant born into this world to save us sinners from sin. He himself took that lowest place. He was exalted and lifted up by God, his by sovereign right. And so he sets an example for us to follow. And here he uses an illustration because it begins with this. Verse 9 sets the scene. What it really says is this. There were those who were selfish. There were those who showed selfish selfishness to its fullest extent. And he used the Pharisee as an example of this. But he adds something else which is more important. He adds this. It's their attitude towards others. You see, it's what this Pharisee thought, yes, of himself, all the things he was. But looking at the tax collector and everybody else, he was better, he thought, than all of them. You see, because there were those who thought that. There were those at that time in a religious society who were living according to God's word but it was according to the letter of God's word. Jesus was bringing out 
a very important truth. <coughs> Look, you have to consider the lowest place to take on the highest reward. And having established this, he then begins to say in verse 10, two men went up to pray. Two men went up into God's house. It was the right place to go to be where God's presence was to talk to him. So it was the right thing, the temple or God's house. But looking at the two, there was the wrong reason why they went up to pray. And Jesus brings this out. So first of all then, in God's estimation of these two, both are the same and that they had equal opportunity because it says two men, both men went up to pray. It was the content, it was how they were going to pray, it was what they were going to say, it was what was within them that they were going to express to God. How important it is. We delight to be in God's presence. We thank God we're in his house. We do pray to him because we're asking for him to help. But you see, here was the, the situation in that equal opportunity was given for them to express themselves. The difference being in the content of what they said. The difference being in the prayer. The difference being in what they said, why they said it, and the reason for it to be said. So here Jesus is bringing out to these people who are listening, and remember, they were the people at that time that knew and understood both a Pharisee and what he stood for, we'll look at this shortly, for a tax collector and what he was, we'll consider this also. And so Jesus was bringing out to them to think, to consider the difference. What, and it's the same for us, all of the time, we have to search ourselves in the light of what the Lord says to bring about that which is right and what he wants us to do. So you see, as I said, it was their attitude. The Pharisees' attitude was, I am better than everybody. Well, that's a big statement. And then he says, I'm better than him, which was the tax collector. So he's looking outwardly at external things. When inside, really, he was all wrong. Attitude is very important. Why is it? You see, it's the only expression. It's the only thing that's down to us. We cannot blame anyone else. We cannot blame any situation or whatever circumstance. Its attitude is ours. But can it? It's how we apply our attitude, which is so important. This is what Jesus was stressing. It's down to us what we do. And here he's given two examples. So first of all then, let's look at the Pharisee. Well, as we know, Pharisees at that time, they lived to the letter of the law or God's word. 
who are custodians of the word of God. That's good. That's the truth. They were establishing religious principles that were right. Not all Pharisees were like this man. Nicodemus was different because he realised the truth of who Jesus was. This man was looking at himself, would never get anywhere with anything else till he could see what the tax collector was seeing, that he needed salvation and something different that would make the difference. And so he lived according to the letter of the law. Now, not only that, it was that, but it was with add-ons. What do I mean by add-ons? Well, you see, it wasn't just God's word, the law. It was the teaching of the fathers. It was the thoughts of the elders that had gone on before, that added their thoughts to the law. And this is always a danger, you see. Always men's thinking. You cannot add anything to the word of God. You cannot. It stands supreme, sure, secure, and will remain forever. Cannot add anything to it. It's complete in our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Right the way through. But you see, was all of this weight in a sense of what he was living, this Pharisee, and what he was expecting. So he was very religious. So he was this. He was esteemed. As far as men were concerned, he was highly regarded. He was standing there full of himself because of what he did what he, and, and what he thought he was. So in natural terms, that's what they said. Hey, he's a good man. He does this. He lives according to what God's word says. But be careful. Beware. A lot of people live according to God's word on the outward, the fine inside. Where it matters, they're not. And that's why we've got to be real with God. And that's what Jesus was saying to these people. To get their minds to think about what was very important. Their attitude, especially towards others. But you know, let's now look at the tax collector. Remember, two men went to pray. Pharisees stood, esteemed among men. How opposite then is the tax collector? That's what Jesus was pointing out. At that time, most dishonest. Not all, but most tax collectors were dishonest. They were hated by the people because they worked for the oppressive Roman administration. The Jews were occupied by the Romans and they had to pay for it. And nobody likes to pay up. No one likes to pay a tax in any sense. And so, especially when you're being ripped off, which often they did, you see, they would put, you know, pay up now, you know, or else, or yeah, you've know, got to pay this or a little bit more. And so you couldn't get a greater contrast between the two. The one up there, the Pharisee, and the one down there, the tax collector. So the people that Jesus is talking to 
are now starting to think where what's he saying where where's he coming from you see and he's already said about the uh, pharisee which we'll look at but now what about the tax collector <coughs> As I said, you robbed the poor to become rich. But it came at a price. What was the price that came with it? Well, whereas the Pharisee was esteemed, the tax collector was despised. That's the contrast that Jesus is bringing out. It's not what you see outwardly. It's not what seems the obvious. You've got to take into consideration the person and what they like and what they mean. And see, this is what he's doing. He's drawing men's minds to the word and to himself and what he wants to know. Yes, it came at a price. You know, I suppose uh, in uh, the town, the broken window would be the tax collectors of. You know, that somebody put a stone through it. You can you can guarantee it. You know, you know, I'm not paying tax, but you know. It's just an attitude. But this is what Jesus is trying to bring out. You know. Just think. Don't look at the outward. Think about what's in here. That's what he's seeing. What makes a man is the character of the person. Not anything else. The rest follows. So the Pharisee then was a look outward. He was looking outward. Verse 11 shows us this. Then he was full of himself. Notice what he says. I do this. It's all of me. I give this. I do this. I fast. I give to the poor. I'm doing all of these good works, you see. And it's great, really, looking at the external, not like other men, better than most, he says. Then, notice, he refers to the tax collector, like him. He's not only looking outwardly, he's looking at him. He says, I'm better than him. Is he? Not really. His whole attitude is wrong. So he's looking at the other man. Don't look outwardly. Look inwardly. Because that's the danger, you see. Men lift men up because of what they are. But it's what they really are that matters. And that's what Jesus is saying. Matthew 7, verse 1. Judge not, Jesus said, lest you yourselves be judged. And that's what we've got to remember. Now, secondly then, he wasn't only full of himself, he had no sense of sin and guilt, because what he was saying was, I, and I've said it, I fast, I give. You know, how sad, how awful. He had access, he had access to the word of God. He had it there, he read it, he knew it. But he was blinded to the truth. Blinded to the truth. 
There it was. He had it. But blinded too. And this is now coming on to what Jesus was really saying. It tells us there, of course, 2 Timothy 3, verse 5, there's a form of godliness that some people have, but they deny the power thereof because it's not right, it's not real. People are put on a front. We've got to be careful too that some Christians are like that. Sometimes we don't know, only God knows. So we've got to be very careful in that respect. We've got to turn from that. It says the letter killeth. Why? Because it's just more, much more than words. It's the reality of the truth. Ephesians 2 verse 9 tells us not of works. We cannot work our way to heaven. We cannot do anything to get us there. It just won't work. It's by grace. By grace, the free, unmerited favour of God towards us that gets us there. It's his love through Jesus Christ, his son for us, that will get us to where we want to be. Titus 3, verse 5, was saved by grace, a free gift of God. Praise God for that. It cost Jesus his life that we live. We have the freedom. He died to set us free. Thirdly then, he had no sense of need. He didn't realise his real need. It's salvation first. The rest follows. We must be saved first. And then the rest will follow on. He was nowhere near what he should have been. So we know that we must come to Jesus, preaching the gospel, the good news, declaring the truth, is that we come to Jesus, must receive he as our saviour, a full surrender of self to him, the will, that part of us. That's where the Pharisee went wrong. He was not willing to surrender anything of himself to God. The will is the me part. That's me. Just as attitude belongs to us and we cannot blame anybody for it. The will is our choice in what we want to do, where we want to be, and the things that matter most. So we've got to bring them together to understand. Then, uh, fourthly, no humility. Well, that speaks for itself. Then fifthly, he went home with his sins. So really, he went up there and he went back the way he came. How sad is that? What's Jesus really saying? That's the greatest tragedy. He went the way he came, not forgiven. Why? Because he didn't seek forgiveness. He was too full of himself and what he wanted. You see, how sad that is, that many people hear the word of God. Many people will come to church. That's how important it is that we pray for them. That's how important that we really begin to pray and seek God continually for them. Because people hear the word of God and sadly they don't respond to it. 
when the invitation is given. Now the tax collector, just the opposite. Whereas the Pharisee was a look outward, the tax collector is a look inward. Because you see, Jesus is now telling the people, he's gone, wrong. Let's look at the man that shows the reality and the truth of why you go to pray, why you go to God's house to talk to God. Not to show off, but to really be sorry for what you've done. So, firstly we see then, he did what he felt. He knew he had to do something because he was wrong. And so, look at his position. Whereas the Pharisee stood that the rest could see, look at me. It says there, he stood afar off. But not as far that the Pharisee couldn't see him. But he didn't want anyone else to see him because it was him and God. That's the difference. Not looking outwardly, but inwardly, with a need that he realised God could meet. So he did what he felt. And he said, Lord, forgive me. So that's where it begins. Truly sorry for what he did. He wasn't self-seeking, not seeking attention. Not only did he did what he felt, he meant what he said. Look at his actions. We've looked at his position. Look at his actions. Look at what he did. He did not look up because he was looking in. He wasn't looking at anything outwardly that would distract him from where he was or what he needed. He was looking directly to God who would answer his prayer. And don't be distracted because a lot of people are distracted because they don't listen or take the time or the discipline of self to wait and listen to what the Lord says. When we're speaking to him, we're open for the answer if we're genuine and not what we see. So he meant what he said. And that was his action. That was the first one. Personally, look at him. But look, Jesus is pointing out to these people something more. He was smote his breast. He wasn't only pouring his heart out to God. He was actually hitting himself as a demonstration. Not to anybody else, but to God. Now, this is sincerity in its truest sense. It's a demonstration of real sincerity. Why? Because he was remorseful. He was really, truly sorry. Hebrews 11 and 6 tells us, you know, that we must come. In fact, Hebrews 11 and 6. I'll read it. Now, I can remember it, but I want to get uh, the actual rendering so we can consider it. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is 
and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That's God's word. He is a rewarder of those that genuinely, honestly, sincerely will seek him. And praise God, he's there for us. He's always there for us. That's why we can praise him tonight. That's why we give thanks. Because he's always there when we come to him. Then thirdly, not only he did what he felt, not only he meant what he said, but then he asked what he needed. And what was it? Forgiveness. He asked for forgiveness for his sins. He recognised himself a sinner. That's where it begins. He knew he was wrong. He needed it dealt with. And that God, it says, is a merciful and Jesus is saying this to the people. God is merciful, is he not? How loving he is to us. Sometimes we go wrong, sometimes we do get it wrong. But his mercy is always extended towards his people. He forgives us and we go on in the way that we should. He's a merciful God, a loving God. And Jesus is a loving saviour. How much more is that? So we see Jesus as our saviour. But there's got to be repentance, being truly sorry for our sins. And this is what he was, remorseful. He was actually recognising this. Then when we've asked Jesus into our lives, this is what he was doing. We acknowledge him as saviour. This is the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ that saves us all. Then fourthly, and this is so different to the Pharisee, he went home, Jesus said, forgiven. Oh, he was forgiven. Why? Because it was in here. He was right, real. We'll re get real, but we've got to be real with God. That's how it works. It doesn't work any other way. Not by works of righteousness, but by his grace alone. That's how it works. He went forgiven. Jesus emphasizes this. Why? Because he says, I tell you. This is the climax, the culmination of what he's been seeing. Listen to me, he says. I tell you. This man went home justified. He went home right with God because he poured out his heart and was honest and right in that respect. Just the opposite to the Pharisee. Justified. His honest, sincere request was honoured. For the last thought is this. Not only did he say what he felt, meant what he said, asked what he needed, he went home forgiven, he enjoyed what he got. Yes, he, he was forgiven. You see, when you're right inside, when it's put right, you can face outwardly every situation because your sin is dealt with, the difficulty is dealt with. You've took it to the Lord and he's done with it. Then go on 
in him. And that's the grace of God. He enjoyed it. Why? Because his burden was lifted. The very thing, the sins, were lifted. Secondly, a change was enacted. He went up to pray, forgive me. He went back justified, changed. Thirdly then, a new life gifted. He had something better, greater than he had before. And this is salvation. We come to Jesus and accept him and he gives us a new life, a greater life. So a real change must come from within. It must follow a change from without. Make that confession. And then the change comes within. And of course the good news of salvation is this. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. <laughs> Thank you, Norman. Trust we've been encouraged and blessed today, this morning and this evening, as we've been found in the house of God. And we've been strengthened again for another week. Amen. Amen. And God's going to be with us as we go through this week. To remind you that the ladies have their latest meeting on Tuesday, 7 o'clock, and then the prayer meeting on Wednesday at 7 o'clock. I was thinking, as Norman said, two men went up to pray. We want more than two men coming up here to pray. And more than two ladies coming up here to pray. We want an increase in those that are willing to come to the house of God to pray and to see God's face. And that's Wednesday, 7 o'clock. Then Friday at 7 o'clock is our Bible study. And then next Sunday morning, the family service. And then again, as we announced this morning, everybody's invited to come back to our own have to afterwards for a time of fellowship. And then just another reminder as well. As I said, it's Alec and Catherine Cochran's 60th wedding anniversary coming up now in August. And uh, Elaine, uh, Elaine, um, Elaine's sister's name's gone from you there. Miriam. Miriam and David. So David is their son and Miriam have asked if there's anybody from here would like to just do a short video greeting just to wish them congratulations on their wedding anniversary to do that. So if you want to do it, you want me to record you doing it, then I'll do that. Or if you want to just do your own little clip and send it to me, please do that by a week Monday so that I can put the clips together to send to David and Miriam because they're having a celebration on the, I think it's the 13th for their wedding anniversary. <coughs> Thinking after we've heard what has been shared tonight, the, uh, the tax collector realised who he needed <coughs> and what he needed. And we're going to sing that song, I need you Lord. We need him, don't we? Each one of us, we need him and we'll take up the offering while we're singing this song. Thank you, Cameron. It's time to say.
Lord, dismiss us with your blessing. Come with us through this week and everything that we face. We want to thank you that we know that you're going to be with us. And we say, as the words of the song says, we need you, Lord. We need you, Lord. Help us to feel and to know your presence every step we take this week. Commend our lives to you and all that we're faced with. And we trust you for every step of the way. Bless our homes, bless our families. Dismiss us now with your blessing. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.
I've been, you can blame my son-in-law for that. 